Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, so for this week's episode of Joyful Heart, I wanted to talk about doubt. I feel like this is another one of those like elephants in the church where it's not talked about enough. And sometimes the way it is talked about, it's more negative. Doubt, I feel like, is always seen as a very bad thing. And the blame when doubt comes up is usually placed on the doubter. However, I believe doubt can be used for good and can, when used for good, make our relationship with God even stronger. I feel that doubt is rarely addressed for what it really is. This can make Christians who doubt God or their beliefs or, you know, Christianity feel guilty and that maybe they're not really saved or that they are distant from God or they don't really know who God is or any other kind of, I guess, reasoning that could pop up for like, well, why do you doubt God? If you're a believer, if you, you know, give your life to Jesus, if you believe he's your savior, why would you doubt? Why do you still doubt? And it can be scary because, I mean, who wants to doubt something they're so devoted to? Because it makes us feel anxious. It makes us feel nervous. It makes us feel like, maybe this isn't true or like why would I have a doubt if I fully believe in it a lot of the times I feel that people associate doubt with disbelief doubt is defined as a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction I as a believer I have doubted God before I have doubted Christianity I have doubted my own salvation even before however I still believe in God and know that Jesus is my savior. We have to understand that doubt is natural, especially for humans, because our brains can't even begin to fathom all of God and his entire existence. Like even when I think about eternity, like my brain starts to hurt because my mind can't comprehend something never ending, you know, thinking about God and all that he does. Sometimes our brains hurt because we can't even begin to understand all that he knows, all that he is, and all that he does and has done in humanity. I mean, the thought that, you know, God created himself, he's always been here, and then he created us. It's so hard to think about because we're like, well, how do you create yourself? Why do you create yourself? Why did you create us? Like, there's just so many, like, loopholes we can fall into and It's just really hard to comprehend, Um, especially the thought that there is, you know, a greater being and, you know, he doesn't have like superpowers, but he does have powers and he has abilities and capabilities and he created time. He created all that we know. Like, it's very hard for us to think of that because everything we define is in human terms and in worldly terms. And so it's hard to extend those terms to something we really don't know and understand. 
when doubt is expressed, believers are often quick to say, oh, just believe or have faith, which is great because that's what we are called to do. We are called to believe in Jesus. We are called to have faith in him, to trust in him with our full heart, without any doubts or any uncertainties. But we need to give and show ways to build up that faith and to cast aside those doubts because your words can only go so far. People need to see action or mimic an action or, you know, know, okay, when this doubt pops up, what am I going to do? What am I going to think? How am I going to fight this out? How am I going to give this situation to Jesus, you know? And I think a lot of the times when people say, just have faith or just believe, it kind of makes us feel like, okay, I'm not doing enough. I'm failing in some aspect. It's on me. It's my fault. And that isn't always your fault. I think it's, like I said, it's very natural to doubt things. It's very easy to doubt things, especially in our time with social media, technology, the news, the media, everything that we have that's so modernized and advanced. It's very easy to doubt things. Because, I mean, think about the things people used to believe, that the earth is flat. You know, and if you doubted that, people thought you were crazy. And now here we are years later knowing, I mean, those people weren't crazy, but they were wrong. Um, So doubt is very natural. I feel that as a believer, since I have had doubt, but I rejected it or disproved it. For me, it shows me that I am the one choosing Jesus. I am not just, you know, being a blind sheep. I am not just being a believer because of my upbringing or my family or my friends you know what I'm saying like it's not me just blindly following a faith because I feel social pressure or feel like I have to you know because if that was the case I would never admit to having doubt I would never even deal with doubt because I'm like oh I this is what I have to believe you know but for me because I feel like I've dealt with that doubt and I've moved past it it just shows this is my choice. This is what I've decided to do um, in my own life because that's that's the only way you can have a relationship with Jesus. If it is forced, it's fake. It'll be impossible to be genuine. You know, like Jesus does not want you to come to him unless it's absolutely what you want to do. Because, I mean, who would want to be in a relationship with someone if you knew it was forced or fake? You know, it'll only go so far and... It, it's it's impossible to be happy and it's impossible to be devoted to someone if it's forced or fake, you know? And it's like, I mentally decided to trust and believe in God. We go through a multitude of seasons and doubt can pop up and it does pop up. You should probably be expecting it to pop up. However, if we have the right verses to help us defeat that doubt, We can use these seasons to draw closer to God and reaffirm our beliefs and our trust in him. So first, I wanted to go through some scripture to help drive out these doubts that may come up to mind. So the first verse comes from James 1, 5 through 8. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man not ought to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all ways. 
Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Isaiah forty one ten. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Matthew fourteen thirty through thirty one. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And the last one from the section comes from John 20, 27. Then he says to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it to my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. The hardest thing I feel is that we can't physically see God, which makes it harder to believe in him. However, there are a lot of things that we can't see, but we have faith and trust in. For example, our bodies. We can't see our blood flowing or heart pumping or brain processing things without medical equipment. We aren't even guaranteed to wake up when we go to sleep at night. Now, this isn't meant to scare you or give you anxiety like that is not meant. But like, think about it. We put full trust in our bodies to keep us alive through the night and to wake us up the next morning. If someone was to open up the hood of my car and ask me to point out all the important components, I honestly probably couldn't. However, just because we can't physically see God, we can still see his works in our life. Um, So for the example with Matthew 14, the reason Jesus asked him why he doubted was because Thomas was walking and Jesus was on the water and he said, come out to me. And so he starts going out to him, but then he looks around and he sees the wind and he sees the waves and he starts to doubt and sink. And then he reaches out and says, Jesus, help me. And Jesus is like, I made it possible for you. I made it possible for you to walk on water out to me. But then we get distracted and our doubts creep in. Then we start to sink. And from John, you know, when Jesus um, resurrected from death and he came back to life, you know, the disciples, they didn't believe him. They were like, this can't surely be you. And he's like, no, like you can, you know, reach in and you can see the holes where the nails were pinned through. You can touch my side, you know, and see my wounds. Like, I am true. Like, why are you doubting me? You know, the physical evidence can be in front of us. And sometimes our minds still cling to doubt. I also wanted to go through and to include some verses on how our faith isn't supposed to be based on sight or what we can see or can't see. And as I was saying, the fact that we can't physically and visually see God can make it easy to fall into doubt. That's the thought process that the enemy uses to distract us from fully trusting and believing in God. So the first one comes from Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. Romans 1.17 For it is for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Luke 18.27 But he said, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. And the last one from the section Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I feel that if you have doubt of any amount, any severity, you shouldn't ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist. I feel doing that will only allow the doubt to remain in your mind. Your mind is very powerful, and often it can be working against you. Our mind can go on and create scenarios trying to fill in the gaps that our judgment or our wisdom can't fill in. As soon as you sense doubt or have any doubts, you should really try to address it. I would recommend writing it down or talking it out. Maybe try to find the root cause of your doubt. Is it, you know, because you can't see God? Are you waiting for prayers to be answered? Are you in a season of waiting? Do you feel that God is distant? These are some of the things that can cause us to doubt. You aren't alone and you're not a bad Christian if you feel waves of doubt coming through. Many biblical characters dealt with doubt in their own lives. God knew that they would doubt, but he remained faithful to help them Trust him and continue on their path. One of the characters that comes to mind is Job. I really recommend reading Job because it shows the process of a man dealing with painful and life-changing situations. He doubted that God was good and he felt that God wanted him to be a failure and have all this misery. Job wanted a fair trial to prove his innocence because he felt he wasn't a bad person. Another example that comes to mind of people in the Bible who doubted was Sarah and Abraham. When they were very old, God said they would conceive a child in their old age. And we can see this in Genesis 18, 10 through 15. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Now, first of all, that would be so terrifying to be called out by the Lord. 
But as you continue through Genesis, we get to Genesis 21, 1 through 3. Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he promised. Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now, fun fact, Isaac means he laughs, will laugh. So when Sarah laughed and doubted the Lord, a year later, she received what she doubted, which medically, physically impossible. Um, And it just goes to show that nothing is impossible for God to do. We can't look at God and hold him up to worldly standards or worldly expectations because this world is so limited in what it can do. But we have to step back and realize that God is not in this world. He is not human. He doesn't have limitations. He doesn't have barriers in front of him. If he tells something to move, it will obey him and move. If he wants you to do something or go somewhere, he will make it possible for you to go to that place. And I think a lot of the times, you know, we we do laugh. I mean, you know, as much as we can look back in our time and be like, why would Sarah doubt God? Like, why? We've done the same thing. You know, I can guarantee you we have all been in situations where it looked impossible or we felt maybe God was placing something in our heart and we were like, God, like, come on, that's one that's impossible. It's not going to happen. You know, we laugh. We don't take it seriously. And I think that's a natural reaction. Um, So Sarah's not like the villain in this, because imagine if you were an older woman and you were told, hey, you're going to get pregnant, even though it's medically impossible, maybe physically impossible, you're going to bear a child in your old age. I think we would all laugh. I think we would all immediately cast doubt. We would not believe it. But that's because our mind is so limited to the knowledge of God. We are so ignorant to the knowledge of God. And yeah, and even in that moment, you know, Sarah was like, I didn't laugh. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's that's terrifying to like be called out by God. But he knew where she was coming from. He knew she didn't mean it in like an evil I doubt God way. She's just like, this is so impossible. Like, why now, Lord? But he came through, you know, exactly when he said they would bear a child, they did. If you are facing doubt, I really urge you to talk it out with God. Like, just talk to him. It doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to use big, fancy words. If you're like, God, I'm doubtful for this reason. God, why has this not happened? Why is this taking so long? Like, just talk to him. I can guarantee you God wants to hear from you. He wants to know where your doubts are because now he can give you an opportunity to show you his sovereignty, his control, and his power, and his plan and purpose for your life. He can give you an opportunity to show him why you need to be faithful and trust in him. You know, don't think that you're not allowed to question God respectfully, of course, but be like, why did this happen? Like, God, I'm dealing with doubt for this reason. And maybe God will show you your doubt and then disprove it. 
you know, he will come through, but you need to speak to him. And I urge you to, you know, that's a part of being in a relationship. You need communication. Ask God to remove any doubt or distracting thought that you have, you know, because we are supposed to take captive of all our thoughts. And if it is not pleasing to Jesus, if it is not glorifying God, we are to cast it out. We are to not think of that because that can be so harmful. Pinpoint some root causes of your doubts and look into biblical characters or testimonies of people who face the same doubt as you because you're not alone in your doubts. You're not a bad Christian for going through doubtful seasons. You truly can use your doubt for good and to strengthen your faith in God. Try to get rid of and debunk your doubts as soon as you can. Don't let them foster in your mind for any longer because these are just distractions from the enemy himself. I hope that this episode gives you some comfort and helps to ease any anxiety or uneasiness um, or any doubts you may have. Um, I hope, again, that this was helpful. I hope that you will look into your doubts and try to pinpoint the root causes of them. And I hope that you have a blessed day and I hope that you have a wonderful week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics, or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. Bye, guys!